welcome to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 30. I'm Greg Northey from Pulse Canada, and I'm joined by Milt Proyer of QJAC Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. How are you doing today, Milt? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Good, thanks. So we're into ATC week, Grain Week 30. This corresponds with which days in February, last week of February, Milt? Uh, yeah, pretty much last week of February. Okay, so we saw a little bit of progress from at least one of the railways. Tell us about what we saw with CN in week 30. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, some improvement on one side, not so much on the other. But uh, CN, uh, to their credit, uh, did deliver their best performance on a system basis since the middle of November, week 16, the infamous week 16 which we've referenced repeatedly as when the Vancouver disruptions occurred. So they hit 77% of orders in uh, week 30, which was, like I say, their best performance since November. And frankly, only the second time since the middle of November that they've been over 70%, so quite a coup. Uh, The West Coast corridors, as always, were key, uh, and they did well in both those corridors this week. Vancouver, 86%, Prince Rupert, 98%. And what was really different in that regard is they've had a a very hard time for a number of months now performing in multiple corridors at the same time or in the same week. You know, it's kind of been like a game of whack-a-mole, do well in Vancouver this week, do poorly everywhere else, do poorly in Vancouver the next week, do well everywhere else, but overall performance has just been poor. And in week 30, they, uh, they kind of got it together and they performed well in uh, multiple corridors. And that was a good sign. CP, on the other hand, a bit less positive. How did uh, we see them perform in week 30? Well, they're continuing to struggle, to be sure. Um, you know, a step back from what we saw in week uh, 29, and they weren't great in week 29 at 55%, 51% in week 30. Um, you know, backwards, yes, a little bit from week 29, but pretty much in line with what we've seen out of CP, you know, for the last two and a half months, where they've averaged about 56% on a weekly basis. Um, Vancouver, again, much like CN, critical corridor for CP, perhaps even more critical for CP than CN. And once again, it represented a disproportionate share of demand in week 30, about 76%. And CP only delivered 51% of orders, uh, and that pretty much set the tone for the week. So very uneven performance from uh, CP in in Vancouver uh, week after week for a number of months, and this week was no different. So, I mean, yeah. It's a mixed bag, but uh, potentially, like we talked about last week, we may be seeing um, some light at the end of the tunnel. Provincially, let's start with uh, Alberta. Um, how did they perform? Uh, well, kind of like uh, in week 29, um, you know, good on the CN front, far less good on the CP front. Actually, CN's done well two weeks in a row in Alberta, which is, you know, very good news because they've had some terrible service this year. Uh, But they hit 82% in uh, week 30, and they've been above 80%. They were effectively perfect last week um, for two weeks in a row now, and that's the only time they've been 80% or better uh, in four months. So 
you know, a good two week trend for Alberta shippers served by CN. We'll see if that lasts as we go forward. CP, uh, not so much, uh, 48%. And Vancouver, again, was their issue. Um, you know, on a system basis, they squeaked over the 50% mark. Uh, but in Alberta, they were even worse than that at 47%. And that pretty much wrote the story for them. Saskatchewan, how did they look? Uh, good, actually. Probably the most balanced performance, or certainly the ba most balanced performance in week 30 when you put the two railways together, CN at 78 and CP at 72. Um, you know, CN kind of rode the improvement that we saw on a system basis uh, through to Saskatchewan. And the principal driver, once again, as it was on the top line, was Vancouver and Prince Rupert, where they were you know, near perfect in Vancouver at 98 and perfect to Prince Rupert on 100%. CP a little less uh, positive, 72, but still not too bad, uh, down a little bit from the prior week, but it was the best performance they delivered in any of the three provinces in week 30. And, you know, they were kind of a mixed bag across different corridors. They were respectable, I'll say, to Vancouver and to the U.S. out of Saskatchewan but not so good out of Eastern Canada. So when you boil all that together, 72%. So we've had a lot of interest in the past uh, month, almost two months, because Manitoba has often been getting 0% of the cars they order each week. And uh, we've had a couple of weeks like that in a row. Um, is there anything promising that we saw in the week 30 report for Manitoba? For CN, yes. Um, Manitoba had the greatest disparity, if you will, in performance uh, between the two railways in week 30. CN, you know, delivered uh, their best performance in two months. Um, as you say, there was a number of weeks there, a stretch of about five or six weeks where they were seeing 0% of cars delivered week after week after week. So for a change, some good news on that front. Uh, CP, unfortunately, you know, woefully poor once again. Uh, we've had two straight weeks with 0% of cars delivered on time. And, you know, I guess better, technically speaking, but at 8%, not much to crow about there. Uh, and pretty much poor across the board when you look inside the numbers, as you might expect. Thanks, Mel. Um, something we've been talking about a little bit have been outstanding orders and this idea that the railways have had to eat away at this backlog. Um, there's some progress made though, over the past couple of weeks in, in, in knocking, or at least knocking some of those outstanding orders back. Uh, where do we sit right now from, uh, from that standpoint, as far as outstanding orders out there? Well, much like order fulfillment, uh, kind of a story of two railways here, CN, some encouraging signs from CN. They've now knocked down their backlog or their outstanding order counts for four straight weeks. And for the last two weeks, they've kept that number under 1,000, uh, which is an achievement because they were coming off seven straight weeks where they were carrying over more than 1,000 orders each week. Uh, and, you know, they had peaked at 2,500 uh, coming out of week 26, a little over a month ago. So, uh, yeah, some, some encouraging signs there for CN. Uh, no doubt people would say long overdue, but... You know, we won't knock progress when we see it. Unfortunately, CP, much like we saw in the order fulfillment front, uh, continues to struggle in this area. 
their outstanding orders have actually gone up the last two weeks while CNs have gone down. Uh, they've been above a thousand outstanding orders coming out of every week for 14 consecutive weeks, which is truly an, an astounding number. When you think about the fact that when you look at CP's track record in weeks one to 15 of this grain year, they had a total, that's total, of just a little over 500 outstanding orders in that 15 week period. And they've now carried, as I said, more than a thousand week in and week out for 14 straight weeks. So they've got some work to do to, to clean that up. Uh, their counts are now almost double CMs. Um, so they're not out of the woods yet for sure. Well, speaking of not out of the woods, you know, it's been a pretty rough year. Uh, and now we're facing the potential for a really significant uh, labor action on CP. So essentially conductors and, and, you know, essential parts of their business. Melt, you've been looking a little bit into this, seeing some of the, the reports. What can you tell us about this potential uh, labor uh, early strike on, on CP? Well, as you say, not good. Uh, you know, grain shippers, like all rail shippers and, while we, we focus on grain, we should always remind ourselves that shippers of all other commodities for the most part are suffering the same service woes as grain shippers have been seeing for much of this year. Yeah, the CP, uh, it's the Teamsters Union, which represents primarily, although I don't think exclusively, uh, CP's locomotive engineers and conductors. And they've been in negotiations for some time. Uh, I think they've been either in mediation or conciliation since late December. Uh, they have voted in favor of strike action. Um, the mediation that's ongoing, I think is scheduled to end uh, middle of next week, the 16th. And the strike uh, could happen uh, basically at midnight that night when those uh, mediation talks end, if they end uh, without resolution. Now, CP has suggested that, um, and not surprisingly, really, uh, that if the mediation talks fail um, or appear that they're going to fail, they may choose to lock employees out rather than wait for strike action. And the rationale behind this uh, is, I guess, understandable in that it would give them a, a wider window um, to do an orderly shutdown of their railroad which is not something you can do on, uh, you know, 24 hours notice, if you will, if you've got four or five or 600 trains running around your network, it takes a little bit of time to park them before uh, crews, if they just go on strike, they'll just, uh, you know, drop the handles as they say, wherever they are when the clock strikes 12. So CP looking to protect its interests, the interests of its customers to, to some extent by having the, uh, the opportunity to uh, shut the railway down if they have to in an orderly way. It's also the safe thing to do. So it's going to be interesting. Um, like you say, it's it's a, another blow in a bad year. And I guess if we're fortunate, it won't come to pass. But uh, right now, the parties seem to be a long ways apart. So the odds are probably better that we are going to see labor action than we're not. Yeah, this is a huge concern right now for for a lot of people, not just in agriculture, but ac across anybody using, using rail, as you say, it's been such a tough year and, um, 
you know, hopefully, hopefully the two parties can, can resolve this before we have a shutdown, but um, we'll probably have a bit more to talk about this next week and just the general impact that, that these kind of things can have on the network and how often we do have them, you know, we're, we often talk about the need for resiliency in our, in our rail networks, but um, you know, the amount of times we do have these kind of shutdowns is, 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 is very frequent and, and becoming seems to be more of a problem. So, all right. Thanks for that, Milt. Really appreciate your insight this week. As always, if you'd like to see the reports, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. 